Hey folks, welcome back here today to Ride in the Pine. Jack Ride and I are here with you all today, and we've got an interview-only episode with actually two back-to-back conversations, a very unique episode today. I'll get into all of that in a bit, but before I do, let's dive into the last show. I got into a recap and a breakdown of the fourth week of the NFL season, and I discussed the games that stuck out to me the most and gave a rundown of all of the scores from week four. I was then joined by a guest who has been making huge strides in the coaching world, current graduate assistant football coach at Misericordia University, Coach Brandon Williams. Coach Williams and I discussed his career in coaching and what got him interested initially in coaching, what in his coaching style separates him from others, and so much more. So be sure to head over to any and all podcast platform and check out that episode and all 155 episodes that are out now on all platforms. And as we get into today, I'm going to have back-to-back conversations, first with a friend of mine from my fantasy football league that was the leading scorer for week four that has already made an appearance on the show. And then I'll be joined by a player who has been dominating in the college basketball world, current Oakland University men's basketball player Jalen Moore. Jalen and I discuss his decision to come to Oakland after starting at a JUCO school, what in his game allowed him to be such a prolific passer that led the nation in assists a year ago, and so much more. So be sure to hang tight right here on the bench because you won't want to miss back-to-back awesome conversations. So with that, folks, let's make our way into our show for today. So as always, be sure to find your favorite seat here on the bench with me. Sit back, relax and enjoy the show. And I am here with another member of the Goat House Fantasy Football League. However, it is the same guest I was on last week, the man, the myth, the legend, Justin Baker. Justin, first off, my friend, thanks for again joining the program. But second off, how in the world are you doing this? I mean, you are putting up astronomical numbers right now. Uh, so I, I got lucky. Um, so it, Cordero Patterson and uh, Jacoby Myers were actually on the uh, waiver wire. and I picked them up the same week. So that's how I'm doing it. I got lucky that nobody else wanted them. And that was their mistake. Well, Cordero Patterson was a very good pickup on your part. I mean, he gave you over 30 points. And then Debo Samuel also having an incredible year. Honestly, I don't know how you feel about Debo Samuel, but I think he's been a major fantasy X factor so far. Yeah, so, you know, uh, actually, uh, another member of the GOAT house had him. Uh, We traded straight up for Robert Woods and Debo Samuel. So I was the one receiving back uh, Debo and... uh, there were, there were some concerns with the instability at quarterback for the 49ers a little bit, but seeing as Trey Lance is the one who threw, threw both touchdowns last week, I, I think that was a pretty good pickup by me. Absolutely. I think that was a great pickup by you. Are you kidding me? And I also see that Kyle Pitts had a little bit better of a week. Are you getting to the point where you're kind of at your wits end with him. I mean, honestly, if I'm going to be very honest with you, I was considering giving you a little trade option of having Logan Thomas and maybe you packaging in a running back. And I was going to give in return, I would get Kyle Pitts and maybe a running back from you. But with Logan Thomas going down a little bit of a different story, I want to talk a little bit about your bench because you have a very good bench. And I know you're a big James Conner guy. I'm sure you were very happy about his performance this past week. I, I was, I, I keep, I keep not playing him and I keep feeling bad. Cause I'm like, well, who am I going to play him over? But one of these weeks, you know, I'm during one of these bye weeks, he's going to get a chance to play. And, and I can't be more happy to have him as I, I guess my fourth running back. So, you know, 
Just to give everybody a little context of our dear friend Justin Baker's running back situation, DeAndre Swift and Cordero Patterson both start for him, and then on his bench is Clyde Edwards-Alaire and James Conner. Mind you, pretty much every single one of those running backs minus Swift had over 15 points this past week. So, Baker, you are hitting the nail on the head with the running backs, my friend. Yeah, yeah, and and you know what? I, I got lucky with them, you know. I I was patient in the draft, and again, Cordero Patterson was a pickup, so I I just happened to hit a home run on him, and I, I can't be more excited to have him on my team. I I, I think I, again, he catches a lot of passes, so it's going to help a lot. Now, would you, if you were open to this, would you be open to maybe getting rid of one of those running backs, maybe getting a tight end in exchange? But if you were to get rid of one of those running backs, who would it be? So that's a tough one for me. Um, I think in order to get enough value, I would I would go with Clyde uh, Edwards-Hilaire just, just because I feel like um, James benefits – uh, from short yardage, so some weeks he might not get a touchdown, so he's a little too risky for some people. And if I'm making a trade and getting back a good enough tight end, I, I'm willing to give it, give up the better running back um, to you know get back that tight end that's going to fit the role that I would like to see in my team. Now, how concerned are you about DJ Chark? I know he's out right now. He's injured. He's on the IR. Are you kind of at the point where you're maybe thinking about keeping him for a little bit longer, seeing how long he's going to be injured? Are you thinking about maybe deciding to trade him eventually and or maybe even just releasing him overall? So with Chark, I, I didn't need to play him too much. Um, he is a good uh, fourth option, a very good fourth option at wide receiver. And, and, and right now I have three other good wide receivers. So, um and then I have running backs to back up. So I'm willing to hold on to DJ Chark while he's hurt uh, just for the fact that I know when he gets back, hopefully by then, you know, the Jacksonville offense has evolved a little bit more to the point where I don't have to worry so much about Trevor Lawrence and the instability going on there. Cause right now that's, that is, he's not missing much uh, being out right now. So. No, I think he's honestly probably very happy that he's not being involved with the mess, if we will, that's going on in Jacksonville. But Baker, as always, my friend, it is wonderful to get you back on the show. Back-to-back guest cameo on Ride in the Pine. Again, leading scorer for the Goat House Fantasy Football League in Week 4. Wow, I can't believe we're almost to Week 5. But Baker, before I let you go, one final question, as I always do. Who are you looking to have a huge weekend this upcoming weekend? So for my team, oh gosh, I want to see something out of Lamar Jackson. I feel like he's had a solid year, but he hasn't had one of those, wow, look how good I am games. And, and you know, I, I think this week coming off the controversy of what they did at the end of the uh, Denver game, I think he's going to come out and prove how good he really is and prove that they're not a bunch of, you know, chumps for what they did. So I actually think it's going to be Lamar Jackson. Yeah, an easy matchup this week for him against Indianapolis, a team that's, I think, in a little bit of shambles right now. So we'll see how he does. But as always, my friend, thanks for joining the program, and I'll be talking to you very soon. Good luck this weekend. Thank you, Jackie. You too. 
And there he goes, Mr. Justin Baker. I know Justin was very excited to be back on after two straight weeks of being the leading scorer. So keep tuning in on Fridays to hear from my friends in my fantasy league, and we shall see who the next guest will be for next week. But now on to our next guest in this episode. So folks, without further ado, please put your hands together for the one and only, the talented Mr. Jalen Moore. And I'm here with current Oakland University men's basketball player, Jalen Moore. Jalen, great to have you on the show today, my friend. How's it going? Everything's going good. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely, my friend. Glad you could take a couple minutes, answer a few questions. Really want to dive in your career. But before I do that, I want to kind of start with the here and now and ask, how's the first few weeks of practice been? And how has just the summer getting ready for the season been overall for yourself and then also your team? Um, everything's been going good. Practice has been going really, uh, really well. Everybody's been buying in. Um, you know, giving and giving for all every day. Um, I think guys are starting to figure out their roles and roles are being defined. And uh, our teammates are taking on those roles and just um, playing the best of their ability to those roles. Um, everybody's sticking together. And um, I think this year would be a very special year for us. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a great year ahead of you guys because, well, for one thing, you don't really have to deal with the COVID pandemic as much, I should say. How was it last year going through that and kind of not just dealing with the regulations and the protocols, but just that overall uncertainty of what was going to happen and whether or not you were going to be playing games? I mean, what kind of toll did that take on yourself and your team? Uh, It was kind of tough. Um, I feel like we didn't really have any motivation because we didn't know if we was actually going to be able to play or not. Um, So... You know, we was going there every day, um, you know, every day we was waiting on something, some news, you know, if we was going to play or if, you know, something's going to be canceled, um, you know, if guys going to come up with COVID, you know, what was going to happen. Um, you know, so that was all out of our reach. Um, but that was in the back of our heads. Like, you never know what's going to happen. But um, but this year, knowing that we are going to have a season, um, everything's going to go as planned. And, you know, I'm pretty sure we're going to have fans and stuff. So, you know, there's a lot more motivation than there was last year. Yeah, I think that whole aspect of the motivation, like you mentioned, is probably was a big part of it last year, having to get yourself ready to go. And you never knew if you were going to be able to even practice, let alone have a game or travel or whatever it might have been. But I want to get into your career a little bit. And you've got a fascinating journey to how you got to where you are today. You started out at Only Central. And I'm curious, what initially kind of drew you to Only Central? Um, coach Burris, he was the head coach there. And he's now with UND. Uh, you know, he came and watched me play at Cloverdale probably 80% of my games, he was making the drive there. And, you know, he just really wanted me to know that he wanted me part of the program. He wanted me to be the point guard. Um, you know, he was telling me he was going to let me play my game, just like um, my high school coach let me play my game. Um, he was going to let me play free. Um, basically, that's just what caught my attention, you know, him showing up to all, basically almost all of my high school games. Uh, you know, a lot of coaches, you know, they were texting me and this and that. and But he was actually – he was actually putting his text into action, coming to my games. And, you know, that meant a lot to me. And, uh, you know, I know his words were true based off his actions. So, you know, um, he gave me the opportunity and I went there and I just took full advantage of it. I think that's a very important thing for that player kind of coach relationship. And as you mentioned, that really kind of, I think, swings players into going to certain programs over others because of that relationship. And I'm curious to hear from you, at what point during your time at Only Central did you really start to see your game kind of expand and you really started to kind of separate yourself from the other competition? Um, I would say when practice started, um, you know, I just felt really comfortable out there. I just felt like, you know, all my hard work was coming to light and everybody on my team was seeing it too. Um, you know, the coaches were seeing it. Um, 
I would say in games too, you know, I just, I just felt really comfortable. I just know I belong there. I knew that um, I belonged at the next level as well. So, you know, I took my hard work from, um, you know, my workouts and, you know, I just put it into my game and, uh, you know, it all eventually paid off. Yeah. I mean, Hey, you've turned it into an incredible career for certain. I'm curious to ask you, you know, with it being a Juco school and you coming from a Juco program, is that something that you would suggest for other players to also kind of maybe follow? Is that something that you would kind of advise if players are up in the air on where they want to go, if they want to get an extra year? I mean, is that something that you would advise people to do? I would most definitely advise a lot of people to go Juco. Um, You know, a lot of people don't think it's a good route or they hear Juco and they're like, "Uh, no, you know, there's no, there's no competition, but Juco is, Juco is a lot of Division One players who didn't get the opportunity or who just didn't have the grades. So I advise a lot of people to go Juco if, if um, you know, the, the coaches are recruiting you are saying, you know, um, you, you're going to be playing behind this guy and this guy and, you know, uh, probably not much playing time, but, you know, the next year there's going to probably be availability for you. Uh, I would say go Juco to get the opportunity to play right away. Um, just let a lot of people, a lot of coaches and a lot of uh, universities know that, you know, um, you, you can play at that the next level. Uh, I would say go Juco too, just to get that um, experience of playing against, you know, bigger, stronger players than you were at high school. Cause Juco is a lot different than, than high school. It's a lot faster, a lot more physical. Um, I feel like the refs let you get away with a lot more um, physical play, um, you know, bump, bumping players, roughing players up, stuff like that. So I think Juco is a really good route. And I think a lot of players should, should use that route for sure. You bring up a lot of really good points. I mean, I think that the JUCO route is actually a very advisable thing to do for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, you know, getting that extra repetition, having that opportunity to kind of make yourself very established in a certain program and really kind of start to separate yourself from the competition. Now, you eventually moved over to where you are now, Oakland University, and I want to hear what made you choose Oakland. I mean, what kind of drew you into this program? Um, Just like I was saying with um, Coach Burris, you know, there's a lot of communication with me and Coach Burris, and we had that connection. Um, you know, the same thing with um, Coach Campy. Um, he couldn't come watch me play, but um, I think we just had a connection. And you know, he had he had a lot of great past point guards: uh, Kay Felder, um, Reggie Hamilton, um, you know, Kendrick Nunn. You know, there's a lot of great past uh, players went on to the next level and have a career at the next level. And um, you know, he he let those let those players play their game. Um, he gave them the, the green light to play their game. They go out there, you know, you can make mistakes. I don't want you looking over your shoulder once you make the mistake, you know, just move on from that mistake and just keep playing your game. Um, and, you know, seeing the success that they have at the next level, it just um, inspired me to come here because I know that um, I can have success at the next level too when I get the opportunity. Now, how much do you feel those years at Olney Central kind of help prepare you for the NCAA level and just help you prepare for your next stop in your basketball career? I mean, how much did that time at Olney Central really allow you to kind of grow as a player? Um, it, it made me a lot tougher, I would say, um, coming from high school. The competition I was playing against wasn't really high competition. Um, you know, I was playing against 2A players, and then, you know, our class was 4A. Um, Indiana basketball was high as 4A, I believe, and uh, – you know, playing at JUCO, uh, it made me a lot tougher because, you know, there's a lot of, a lot more grit in people, just bumping people around. Just, it's, it's, um, JUCO is just like a – it can make or break you. So I think a lot of players in there is like, it ain't going to break me. And I was one of the players, like, it ain't going to break me, you know what I mean? So uh, I think it helped me 
prepare for um, Division One for sure, um, just based off the physical part, um, the mental side as well. But yeah, I would say that's 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 helped me big time with the uh, Division One. It's funny that you mentioned the make or break kind of aspect of it because I've had other guests come on who have also gone the JUCO route. And they've said pretty much the same thing. It's really who wants it more. And it's really kind of you either are going to go all in or it's going to chew you up and spit you back out. And you really have to kind of come ready to go and ready to roll. Now, last year, you had an incredible season. You led all of Division One basketball in assists per game and total assists. What in your game and just your court vision specifically do you feel really helped you have that type of success last year? Um, I would say watching a lot of film, honestly. I watched a lot of film um, just growing up in high school, JUCO, and, and that. I watched a lot of film, and, you know, I kind of watched, like, where my players like the ball, like, where they like the ball at, where they shoot the ball comfortable at, um, you know, what positions I could put them in to make them successful. Um, just stuff like that, little stuff like that, that a lot of people don't look at. Like, you know, maybe he just goes out there and it just comes natural, but – um, some of it does come natural, but a lot of it comes from unseen uh, film work, um, unseen film work of me studying my players, uh, my teammates, and you know where they want the where they want the ball at, stuff like that. Um, so I think that had a, a lot to contribute to that. Now, when you knew you were going to go to Oakland University, did you start watching film on the team just to kind of get a little bit of a familiarity with how the players play and who likes a pass a certain way and who wants it in their shooter pocket, who wants it high, who wants it low? Were you kind of preparing yourself for that already? Uh, yeah, I was definitely looking, watching a lot of their game film just to uh, see how the pass point guard did, um, you know, how Coach Campy likes the, the point guard to run the run the team, basically, stuff like that, how the plays are ran, you know, the transition offense, um, stuff like that. So, I, yeah, I was definitely watching film on Oakland when I committed here, and I just want to get the feel for how their offense is ran and you know, how, the, how the players and, you know, stuff, how they like playing with each other, stuff like that. Now, any crazy memorable passes from last year? I mean, I'm sure you had to have a couple at some point, right? Um, honestly, I don't even know. Like, I feel like I had a lot of good passes to where like I can't pick one. Um, I don't know, honestly. I don't think none of them really stood out like, oh, my God, that was a great pass. Maybe to some people. But, like, to me, I feel like it was just, like, a regular pass, like a natural pass. Um so, no, I really don't have a memorable pass really from last year. I kind of now want to ask this. You kind of led me into this next question. When you have this many assists in a game, you might have 10 or 11 or, or whatever it might be. Are you aware of that? Or I mean, is that crossing your mind? Or are you kind of just, all right, I'm getting into the guy that's open and he's hitting shots and that's about it? Or are you kind of noting like, wow, like, you know, I'm really helping out the flow of this offense? Um, no, I kind of just go with the flow and, you know, whoever's hot. Whoever has the hot hand, just keep feeding them. Um, I've always been that type of player. If, if you hit two shots in a row, I'm going right back at you. If you hit three shots in a row, you miss your fourth, I'm going right back at you on the fifth one. Um, I have confidence in you that you're going to make the next one. So I don't look at it like uh, I got eight assists, nine assists, or you know I'm really getting it to this guy and I need to help get it to this guy. I'm going with whoever's hot. You know, Whoever's hot and whoever's making the plays is helping us win the, win the game, then I'm going to go to them because at the end of the day, I want to win the game. You know what I mean? So I'm just doing whatever it takes to, to win the game. Now, not only has your passing really excelled in your overall game, but also just you getting to the free throw line and your efficient free throw shooting. 
What is your offensive mentality? I mean, when you get in the lane, how do you know when to pass, when to shoot? And especially with you being a point guard, I'm sure that's got to be a little bit of a, you know, a 50-50 shot of what you want to do each and every single offensive possession. What are you looking at and what kind of read are you trying to find where you're like, okay, this is my opportunity to score and this is my opportunity to pass? I mean, when, do you have just kind of a natural feel as to when that should happen? Uh, yeah, just a natural feel, just taking what the defense gives me. Um, like I said, I watch a lot of film on stuff like little stuff like that, how to draw fouls. Like I want to, I watch a lot of, uh, Trey Young on how he draws a lot of fouls. You know, he drew, he drew a lot of fouls in college and he draws a lot of fouls in the NBA. So me being a smaller person, you know, to get more points, uh, you got to be able to draw fouls and go to free the line and knock them down. And I think that's one thing that Trey Young does really, really well. And I'm trying to pick up on that. Um, and I think I picked up on that, um, quite a bit last year on how to draw fouls and, when's the perfect time to draw a foul and stuff like that. Um, you know, another person who does it well is Chris Paul. He knows how to throw his body around into you to make it look like you're fouling him. So, um, you know, I try to watch a lot of film on that, but um, kind of just take what the defense gives me and just go with the flow. Yeah, drawing fouls and, and being able to get to the line like that efficiently. I mean, you look at a guy like you said, Trey Young or even James Harden that – they're going to the free throw line 17, 18, 19, even 20 times a game. It's almost a skill and an art in itself being able to do that, take that contact because it does require a lot of strength to do that. And also just a lot of will going up amongst the trees and the defense. You're going up with someone that's at sometimes probably a foot taller than you and you have to find a way to get a, a bucket and score. So I think that's an incredible aspect to your game. Now, heading into this season, what are the expectations that you have set for yourself and what have you really been trying to focus on this offseason? Um, expectations for me is just to go out there every, every day, um, and compete every single day, never back down from anybody. You know, I've always had that mindset and that's always the expectation of my own, um, the goals and stuff like that, uh, remain the same, my bad, the goals like that and stuff remain the same. Um, you know, my goal is, you know, just win a championship here at Oakland and get to the NCAA tournament and not only get to the NCAA tournament, but go in the NCAA tournament with a chip on our shoulder as a team and, you know, win some games in there and um, put on for Oakland. Um, but on the, on the off season and stuff, I've been working on floaters, um, you know, because I, like I said, I've been watching a lot of Trey Young film and, you know, he shoots that floater and, you know, every time he shoots the floater, I always think it's going in. And I have to get it to where I'm like that too. I'm shooting the floater every time I think it's going in. So, um, you know, I've been working on the floater, working on taking care of the ball more and just communicating more with my teammates and being more of a leader on the court and off the court as well. Now, you mentioned the floater aspect, and as a former basketball player myself years ago, um, I am curious to hear kind of your mindset when it comes to the art of the floater, because there is a little bit of an art to it. Are you somebody that's more so looking for higher arc, or are you more so looking for a quicker release, a sooner release before the defender meets you? Um, it just depends on how the defender's guarding me, honestly. Um, if the big is coming in trying to block my shot, then it's got to be a higher arc. But if I'm trying to get it off quicker, you know, it's from the big, from coming to me, I'm just trying to get it off quicker. Um, so, it, you know, I got to take what the defense gives me. And I, I read that as the, the big comes up to me or how he's helping or stuff like that. Um, you know, you got to have different arts, different um, techniques and getting it off, stuff like that. So I basically just read the, uh, the big man or the defender in front of me. Well, you're definitely following a very good player to pick up on that floater. I mean, Trey Young is a master of it. I'm a huge Bucks fan, so watching him in the playoffs, 
he gave me a couple heart attacks, but we eventually were able to get out of it. So that was a, uh, a good thing to say the least, but Jalen, you've been great to have on the show today, my friend. I really appreciate the time before I let you go. I got one little question to ask you, and it kind of involves a sports epiphany an aha moment, whatever you want to call it as to when you realize that you could play at the division one level and excel at the division one level. So when did it kind of click in your mind and you kind of had that aha moment that you could really do this? Um, I would say probably my junior year of high school or senior year of high school. Um, my senior year averaged 38 points a game. And, you know, I just like, you know, I can really score the ball. It don't matter who's guarding me or, you know, I never back down for anybody. Um, I'm fearless out there. Um, a lot of people kept telling me I'm too short, too small to play Division One, um, But that just added fuel to the fire and stuff like that. So, you know, my senior year, I had a lot of confidence because I put in a lot of work. Um, on the off season and you know I've just been working and working all the time so uh, I would say my senior year after my senior year I was watching a lot of film on myself and I'm like you know I really can I really can play at the division one level and I think I can succeed at the division one level and you know going juco me putting up some good numbers and stuff like that I'm like I really really can do it you know what I mean um, you know I don't think nobody's better than me I don't think there's a better point guard in the country than me so you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to that and you know, that's that's just me. You know, I always believe in myself. I always will, and I always believe that I'm the best. You know, but I always know that I have a lot of work to do. Um, I got a long way to go to get to where I want to be with this basketball stuff. Um, so you know, I'm willing to put in all the hard work it takes, and um, you know, I'm ready for whatever challenge is uh, brought, brought to me. Well, my friend, I am very excited to watch you play this year. Excited to watch some Oakland basketball. So good luck this year. Stay safe, stay healthy. I'd love to get you back on the show once the season kind of ramps up and hear a little season update, if you will. But until then, my friend, be well, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me. And there he goes, Jalen Moore, another wonderful episode today, everyone. Thanks for joining me here on the bench. Be sure to keep following and subscribing to Ride in the Pine on Apple and Spotify, and keep following on Twitter, at RideThePine20RTP, all capital, and Instagram, at Riding underscore the underscore pine underscore, for all the latest updates on episodes and content to come. All 156 episodes are out now. Keep leaving those ratings, keep leaving those reviews, but more importantly continue to sign up for this awesome newsletter. We've been getting a lot of really good feedback about it. A lot of people have been signing up. So I highly, highly, highly suggest you DM Ride in the Pine or email Ride in the Pine, ridethepine20 at gmail.com, your email to get added to the ever-growing list. But until then, everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to today. And until next time on Ride in the Pine, keep on sitting the bench with me.